0: That is very difficult, very difficult language. So it's appropriate that today's message, which is the last in a series, is also the first of a new season. And it's remarkable how this message, which I planned quite a few weeks ago, in fact, I made a mistake in my diary planning. I thought I had another Sunday a few weeks ago. So I didn't, but I've kept this until now. But it's amazing how this not only concludes what we've been talking about in the series of walking with God, but how it also opens up to fo- cause us to focus on what the Holy Spirit wants to do. Amen. How many people know that God does nothing without revealing at first to his servants the prophets? How many people know that? And I'm not calling myself a prophet, but I do know what God's saying to us. Amen. So, let's uh, be ready. Um, During times like this, you have to use these very, very carefully. Not just your ears to hear physical sound, but your spiritual discernment. So, you're going to be surprised. Spend more time with Him than ever before. Don't cut time down. Spend more time with Him. Open the Word of God. Open your heart. And He's going to lead you and direct you. So... We've been talking about walking with God, and um, we've had several messages in this theme. We started at verse 1 in chapter 5, and we saw that walking with God means opening up to Him. Remember Adam and Eve, they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden. They heard God, and uh, when you hear the sound of God walking in your garden, the garden of your soul, what do you do? Do you run away and hide? Or do you say, God I'm, I, I'm so pleased to to see you and experience you. Well they hid because they were naked and ashamed, there was sin in their lives and they tried to cover up but it hadn't worked and now they are afraid. But God said, I've got the solution. He made animal skins, clothing out of animal skins Uh, The original fur coats, I don't know what it was like. But anyway, in order to do that, he had to kill animals. He had to make a sacrifice, a blood sacrifice. And from that day to this, it's the blood that makes atonement. Amen? And God said, I have the solution. And you may feel like that today, saying, well, Colin's talking about a new move of God. Well, you know, what's that got to do with me? It has everything to do with you. And it's not about how worthy you feel or or not. It's about His grace. He wants to pour His grace fresh in your life. And if there are issues and things that need dealing with, God will meet you at your point of need and draw you in. So we looked at that. We also saw that walking with God means walking in love. Because God is love. If you're going to walk with God, you're going to have to walk with love. And how we know the Holy Spirit pours God's love in our hearts. And and this is all about Him drawing us into a wonderful love relationship with Him. Knowing Him as our loving Heavenly Father. You saw too that walking with God means walking in truth. Amen? Walking in truth. Our generation believes it knows a lot about love and have not much concern for truth. But you cannot have love without truth. Do you know that? If something is loving, it's truthful. If somebody says they love you and don't tell the truth, then they don't love you, even when the truth hurts. But walking in truth is so important because we need to be rooted and grounded in truth. Truth. Truth is not just a doctrine, truth is a person and his name is Jesus, amen? Jesus said you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. In today's world, they ask, does it feel good? Does it work? Is it fun? And that's all they ask. Don't even ask if it's true. And that's not just people who go out to nightclubs and enjoy themselves. That's your professors in in university. It's our politicians. It's a philosophy that is penetrating every part of our society. No longer anybody asks, is it true? Is it truth? Especially when it comes to beliefs concerning who God is. And we need to have more discernment than ever. Believe me, and you don't have to believe me. I know you would, but you don't have to because you can see it for yourself. People who once walked with Jesus, powerful ministries, wonderful, wonderful, anointed men and women of God have departed from the truth. One of the things we're going to tackle in the autumn is this idea of universalism. Anybody heard about that? Well, basically it means everybody's going to be saved. Everybody's going to be saved. Top evangelical people are teaching this, departing from the faith. The Bible says no. Only those who have received Christ and have had their sins forgiven by the blood of Jesus Christ will be saved. Now, in today's world, it's like, oh, that's not loving. You know, I'll tell you something, love and truth go together. God is so loving, he made a way, made a way out. If we refuse the way out, then it is on our own heads. Amen? One person said, Oh, you know, I've left my local Pentecostal church. I'm now a Muslim, a woman. So I thought, Oh, I oh, wonder what man came into her life. You know, it's just the way my mind was working. But there was no man. She just said, Well, you know, I, I never really believed that Jesus was the Son of God. What? You never believed that? Praising God, worshipping God, speaking in in tongues. You didn't even believe that Jesus is the Son of God. I think what she meant was she never understood it. Therefore, she was easily drawn away. There is only one God. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And if Jesus is not God, we are not saved. This used to be like Doctrine courses here and there. No, 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 no. This is mainline foundational Christianity. And unless you're on that foundation of truth, you will not last and stand the test. Amen? So that's why you don't miss your cell meeting. You go through the teaching program. You don't take every opportunity to be at the 5 o'clock teaching service. Every opportunity to study the word of God in IBIOL, in the, in the evening certificate program. Get the books, read the books, do everything. Amen. I'm not trying to sell you my books, but buy them. Buy them. I don't get a penny out of it. It's not for me. It's for you. Amen. But in all of that, remember, truth is not just kind of being able to recite the the creed or, or talk about Christian doctrine. Truth is a person. Walking in truth is walking with Jesus. Today we're going to move on and finish. We're going to talk about walking in wisdom. Walking in wisdom. And What was surprising to me was how that wisdom is so related To the Holy Spirit. Maybe you'd never thought of those things. Wisdom and the Spirit. It's the Spirit of wisdom and revelation. And so Paul talks about wisdom, starts talking about wisdom, then gives us one of the most glorious passages about being filled with the Spirit in all of the New Testament. Amen? So let's see how all this works together. Ephesians 5 verse 15. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. Speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Giving thanks always for all things. To God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Submitting to one another in the fear of God. We should get excited about any mention or experience of the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit is your greatest connection to God. He joins us to the Father. He connects us to the Son. He pours the love of God into our hearts. He enlightens our understanding. In Ephesians 1, it speaks about The spirit of wisdom and revelation and having the eyes of our understanding being enlightened. And the word is the eyes of your heart being opened. So that you can see Jesus. So that you can experience him and know him. And to to continue to get to know him. So that you can grow. And as you do this, he leads you into wisdom. Now, we've got a little bit of difficulty with this word, wisdom, because uh, to our ears, it kind of sounds different from what God intends. Because we we all have Western-style education and, and are very heavily influenced by that, we kind of think of wisdom as being, you know, something to do with intellectual knowledge and understanding and so forth and so forth. But it's not, in Bible terms, it's not about having a Ph.D., Having a first degree, second degree, third degree, or death by degrees. It's nothing to do with that. It's to do with how you live. It's to do with having the knowledge of God's will. The desire to do it. And the skill in applying it to your life. Amen. And... uh, Here Paul says that we are not to be foolish or unwise, but understand God's will. God doesn't want us to walk in ignorance, but in understanding which should only come by revelation. And there are two things that God's spirit wants to reveal to us. And so that we can enjoy this and walk in this and find fulfillment in our lives. Number one is to recognize God's will, to know it, to understand what it is. That's fantastic. Because the Bible tells us about God's will from beginning to end. Notice I have my Bible Bible here. In my iPad, I've got about 16 Bibles, but it doesn't quite look as authoritative. It? The God's word, you say, wait a bit, no, no, you would not lift up. So I always have my paper Bible Here, all right, so everybody's happy. The technocrats and the kind of old guys, you know. (laughs) My Bible is um, King James Version, new King James, but still King James, so I hope that keeps you happy. But anyway, the Word of God, in whatever version, is God's practical will revealed. Praise the Lord for that. Um, But that doesn't mean to say that we just open our Bibles, read it, and that's enough. Because God's word is so precise that we need his spirit to help us take it and apply it and have wisdom. You can't simply just take a scripture text and throw it over your life. Don't do it for somebody else. When we're talking about our counseling ministry, make it very, very clear. Please do not slap. Scripture texts on people's wounds as if they were Johnson and Johnson's band-aids. God's word is dynamic. It's living. It's active. And when God's word penetrates you, it begins to dwell richly on the inside of you. Exactly how the Holy Spirit works. So we don't just need to recognize God's will. That's the first thing. The second thing is to understand something about it. To really recognize some truth about God's will. And that is that God's will is best for us. God's will is good. God's will is perfect. God's will is acceptable. The psalmist put it this way, taste and see that the Lord is good. And God's way is good and God's way is best. It's the only way for fulfillment and satisfaction. And it's a deception of thinking where we say, I know what I should be doing. But when everybody says, stop, stop, stop. What did you just say? Oh, well, I know what I should do. Well, why did you do it? Oh, well, I know what I should do, but I've got my own ideas. Why would you ever do that? Why did any of us do that? Why would we say, I shouldn't have said that. Well, why did you say it? Well, you know, it's just me. No, it's not just you. The reason why we would recognize God's will but refuse it is because deep down in our hearts, we think that our way is better. Isn't that true? Can we be honest today? But the Apostle Paul says, listen, I want you to know this, God's mercy and grace has come into your life so powerfully. And in fact, he says he spent eight chapters in the book of Romans talking about it. Eight, uh, chapter one to chapter eight. And then he goes on in chapter nine and goes on right up to chapter 12. And he's been talking and talking and talking about God's goodness, God's grace, how it works out, all that God has done for us. Then he says, therefore, it's time to take what God has done and put it in your life. And so he says, therefore, by the mercies of God, I beseech you to present your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable, logical, consistent response of worship and service. That's the Colin Amplified version. Do you notice he says you are holy and acceptable to God? That's why you come. We can have boldness in his presence because we know he has already accepted us. And he's made us acceptable to, to himself. In fact, we are as acceptable to God as Jesus is. Fully accepted. Welcome, holy, perfected in Christ in the presence of God. For you have died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. That's the basis. That's the starting point. Amen. That's how we begin. That's how we begin. Amen. Then it goes on to say, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may be able to prove. God says, prove it. Try it out and see for yourself. My way is good, perfect, and acceptable. Now we know two things about Jesus. Number one, he was acceptable to the Father. This is my beloved Son, whom I'm well pleased. In whom I'm well pleased. God never refused him, never rejected him. He was acceptable and remains acceptable to the Father. Second thing we know about Jesus is that God's will was totally acceptable to him. He delighted in the will of God. He said, I didn't come to do my own will, but I've come to do your will, oh my God. My food is to do the will of him who sent me. It's my very sustenance, my very nourishment. The most important thing is to do your will, and even in the point of great agony, he said, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. He found the greatest delight in embracing God's will. As the son of God, he never disobeyed God, not in thought or word or deed. He totally surrendered himself to the will of God. And therefore, God exalted him and blessed him. Even as James says, the person who hears God's word and does it, that person is blessed. So, Paul is saying... Not only can you, not only are you as acceptable to God as Jesus is, but by the Holy Spirit, you can prove to yourself and discover that God's will is as acceptable to you as it was to Jesus. Because Christ is living in us. And when we embrace the will of God and say, I don't care what the world says. My social worker says I should and shouldn't and this is right and that's wrong. The government tells you this is how you're to conduct your marriages and your families. All kinds of people. Your friends telling you this is how you live. Oh, well, you've got a girlfriend when you're moving in. I'm not moving in. Oh, well, it's okay. Just have a look at recent weddings of the royal nature. I don't care who does it. It's wrong. And it's not just wrong. It is ineffective. God's way is best. And we we truly can say amen here because we're we're in a church building and this is the right thing to say. Amen. However, Monday morning, maybe you're still a little bit residually anointed and Tuesday, but come Wednesday and Thursday, oh boy, you're not so sure. But the Holy Spirit will keep on reminding us and saying, come on, Don't go your way. Walk in the wisdom of God, because in the wisdom of God there is blessing, there's peace, there's release, there's joy, there's satisfaction, because Jesus is your wisdom. So the Apostle Paul says, that's why you should walk circumspectly. Hmm. Circumspectly. What does that mean? (laughs) Is it something to do with walking to specsavers or I, walking circumspectly? Well, this word is very beautiful because at the heart of it is this idea of precision, exactness. In other words, God says, I will so lead you and guide you that you will know exactly everywhere you place your feet. Amen I learned very much in Marseille Not to walk with my head up in the clouds Because I'd be bringing into the classroom in the Bible school Stuff that I'd picked up on my feet On the pavement So I don't know if it's like that where you are You have to walk like this when you're They love their dogs, and I love dogs, but I wish they had the little poopy thing to pick it all up. Anyway, walk carefully, and in this world, you've got to watch where you put your feet. Is that not right? You've got to walk with precision, and this is a beautiful concept. We, we think about precision today. Hey, talking hands, guys. Did you get that? Did you get that? All right. How are you guys doing? All right. Amen. Ah, amen. What's this mean? It means amen. I like it. Is that amen? That's simple. It's not a, it's this. Amen. Okay, everybody. Look to talking hands and say amen. amen. Another language to learn. Apart from French and Swahili and Arabic and Polish, we've got to learn amen. Hallelujah. Precision engineering. Wonderful. One of the marvels of modern technology. Microsurgery. Oh, the precision. You don't want them a carving knife having a go at you in the operating theater. Keyhole surgery. Precision, precision, precision. And alongside that is timing. Precision, timing. In the Olympics, we were... I was staggered to see. In some of those races, it, it was measured in hundredths of a second. The difference between a winner and a loser. Hundredths of a second. And even some people who won, they were hundredths of a second away from the the world record or the Olympic record. I mean, not just split seconds, but hundredths of a second makes a difference. And that guy, Jody Cundy, did you see him? What a tragedy in the Paralympics. And he was doing his uh, one kilometer time trial. and, And just at the start his bike slipped, slipped, and he stopped the whole race, said, I want to start again, and they said, no, so he lost everything, he was defending his gold medal, they wouldn't let him start again, lost everything, I thought to myself, why did you stop, man, just go, go and argue later, go, but you know, they were explaining that that false start cost him a fraction of a second, And in that level of competition, every fraction of a second counts. How wonderful that we've got an all-wise, all-loving God. That if we walk according to his wisdom, he'll tell us what to do and show us what to do when with precision. And we can walk circumspectly. Amen. And so, in all of this, God is saying, my way is best. Wisdom understanding, and God's satisfaction. I don't know if you know this principle, I'm sure you've heard it before, that if you're studying something in the Bible, begin in Genesis. Well, of course, Genesis is the beginning, but there's something special that happens. In fact, most Bible teaching starts in Genesis. If you go to the book of Genesis, you will find just the beginnings of teaching which is developed and expanded throughout the rest of the Bible. So often, when something is first mentioned in Genesis, it sets the context for everything else. And I I was thrilled to see this because wisdom first occurs in Genesis. In Genesis chapter 3 and verse 6. It says, so when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes and desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate it and also gave to her husband with her and he ate. The key was this fruit to her eyes was desirable to make her wise. What does that mean? Wisdom for her was, life is gonna work for me. Wisdom is successful living. That's how she saw it. And of course, the deception that the enemy had placed in her mind was to reject God's way and to go her own way, kind of suggesting That, you know, God was keeping something from God. Oh, no, 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 no. You're not going to die when you eat this. What's going to happen is this. You are going to become like God. Knowing good and evil. And he doesn't want you to have that. He's keeping it to himself because he's mean. He's withholding. He's restricting. He doesn't really care for you. He doesn't want the best for you. But I, snake, want the best for you. Not true. Is that right? And so her wisdom was, if I go my way, I'm going to have a good life. I'm going to get everything that I want. It's all going to go well for me. I'm going to be satisfied. This is what I must do. And she was so wrong because God's way is the only way. But can you see how wisdom here is about living in a way that brings the best to your life? And only God can do that. And the ministry of the Holy Spirit is always to show us that God's way is good, perfect, and acceptable. That He is good. That He is desirable. And His way is the only way that brings you the deep, fulfilling enrichment of life. Everybody's looking for it. They all want to know How to live a satisfied life. Listen. Only Christ satisfies you. You can have the best mobile phone in the building. (laughs) And you're very welcome to as long as you switch it off. You could have the most incredible amount of success and prestige and honor and finance and... And so on. You could be married to the most beautiful woman in the world. But it ain't going to make you happy. I hear a man say, well, let me, let me try. I'll find out. <laughs> Let's try. We'll come back and report on that one. And the truth is, it isn't against marriage. It isn't against success. is isn't against financial provision. But it simply means that there are things that only Jesus can satisfy and that's what he wants us to discover the book of Proverbs chapter 16 verse 16 says how much better to get wisdom than gold I wonder if you really believe that it's against the philosophy of the age I'll tell you what I'll have the gold you can keep the wisdom I don't need wisdom I need gold when I was in um, Poland They talked to me about a man, a prophet, who came to them quite a number of years ago and said, put your money in gold. And he prophesied about the collapse, the financial collapse. Anybody put money in gold will be smiling. But I wonder. Solomon. God told him, you can have anything you want. Anything you want. What do you want above everything else? He said, I want a wise and understanding heart that I might govern your people. Wow. Now, you know, this is real. This isn't just a Bible story. What if God, I mean, let's, let's suppose that God himself isn't going to show up. but He's going to send somebody. Maybe Gabriel, the angel. All right. The angel Gabriel comes. The angel, not the executive assistant out there. And Gabriel says, I have come from your father in heaven, and I've got good news for you. Whatever you want, ask for it, and God is going to give it to you. Would you say, you mean I can ask for anything? Yeah, anything. Whatever you want, anything, anything, just ask for it. God will give it to you. Well, I know what I want. I want wisdom. You say what how many people would be would be saying, uh, I have some gold, wise gold, not fool's gold, wise gold you you're, nobody would want do you know would, would, wouldn't you feel that temptation because you can always say, You know uh, if I was so wealthy at all this gold, I could always bless god's people." I could always build a church for Colin Die. Amen? The amount of people said, Do you know, I want you to pray for this business deal. Oh, and it stinks, this business deal. No, 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 no. It's for a good cause. It's not a good cause. I'll tell you something. Stop selling your soul for the things of this world. Start investing in the kingdom of God. Ask God for wisdom, to walk in wisdom. How much better to get wisdom than gold and to get understanding is to be chosen rather than silver. And we know this is Sunday school talk and we can say amen. Boys and girls, how many people want the wisdom of the Lord? Yeah, till Monday morning. So it's got to go from here to here. And that's what this move of the Spirit's going to do. We're going to be discovering the reality of deep spiritual experience and the satisfaction of the inner thirsts of our soul, the deepest longings of our spirit. And we're going to be released in a new way. That's the generation God is calling. People who say, listen, thank God for income. Thank God for this. Thank God for the blessings of life. Thank God for all of this stuff. But you know, the greatest thing in my life is to be near God. And I will not compromise that for anything. Because you can take away everything and leave me with Jesus. And that is enough. Amen. Amen. So the main ministry of the Holy Spirit is to reveal Jesus to us. Look at him. The Holy Spirit says, isn't he good? He's so good. He's so loving. He's so generous. Look, isn't he desirable? Look, we have a, this desire. He's so attractive. Doesn't, doesn't Jesus draw even people in the world? As dumb as they can be, they know that. Don't they? They're fascinated by him. We're the problem. Isn't that right? They all know and will respect him because of the qualities that he has. How much more should we as children of God be so addicted to Jesus, so passionate about Jesus that we're crazy over him? But more than that, to know that he promised, he that believes in me, out of his inmost being, the deepest part of your human personality where the longings and desires you have, you hardly even know how to put them into words. God wants to go right there and fill you and fill you and give you such deep satisfaction and the overflowing experience of his love and his grace that you're going to burst. Amen? Burst. Wasn't there the story of a boy who went to a chocolate factory and ate so much that he burst? Is that, is that true? Anybody know that? Was that Charlie in the Chocolate Factory? Okay, well, don't try that. <laughs> don't do this at home, folks. But God says, I want to so fill you that you say, God, you got to stop. I can't take anymore. And he's going to keep on giving it to you. You say, God, I'm going I'm to explode. Yeah, you go on because that's the whole point. It's not just what God does in you. He wants that to overflow so that you become rivers of living water to begin to satisfy people around you. Amen? So when we walk in wisdom we get one thing straight God na good god devil na bad devil Dieu il est bon God is good And as for me it is good to be near him I want him more than anything else, more than riches, than gold, more than promotion, more than life itself, because without him I am nothing. But when he fills my life, then I'm satisfied, amen. Are you hungry? No, I'm not talking about one o'clock lunchtime, I'm talking about are you hungry for more of Jesus? I don't believe you yet. Are you thirsty for the Holy Spirit? Amen. Well, what we're going to do is um, just continue to open our hearts and lives. We have other services today. I really recommend you come back tonight. Bruce is going to be preaching and ministering, and there's going to be great, great time. And we have in those services a little bit more time, a little bit more time to flow. I'm going to just pray for you in a minute. But before we do that, I want to remind you that... uh, God is doing something very special on Saturday nights. I don't know if you've picked up on that. This Saturday night, Bruce is back. He's, he preached last Saturday. He's going to preach this Saturday night. Something special is taking place. I'd encourage you, you know, don't wait till Sunday. Don't wait till Sunday. Amen. Saturday night. It's a great n- night to be in the house of God. G- Gabriel will give you the closing announcements, but I'd just like to pray for you just as we close our service today. Father, we are announcing in faithfulness to your Holy Spirit's leading in our lives a new move. A deeper move of God than we've ever experienced. And we just want to say to you, Lord, as individuals and as a church, have your way. Do what only you can do. Lord, we're hungry. Lord, we're thirsty. We don't want substitutes. We don't want charismatic substitutes. We don't want pigeon religion. We want the Holy Spirit, the holy dove of God. Come and have your way Lord. Lead us, guide us, draw us. For you are the only one who satisfies. In Jesus' name. Amen. Give Jesus a big praise as Gabriel comes.